This is the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app. Where am I? Welcome to... Merrickville. I'm all fired up today, Sydney. Lots on the show. Later on today, I'll be joined by Grinspoon frontman Phil Jamison. And if you know our relationship, I love to make Phil's life difficult. But a man who does not make anybody's life difficult, Justin Hamilton, is with me for the first hour of the show today. Oh, mate, a big shout out to everyone who's trying to get us to sign up to things out the front of Central Station. A big, a big shout out to them. Yeah. Hey, look, if I'm walking past pretending to be on my phone... Don't ask me if I want to sign up. I'm quite clearly pretending to talk to someone so I don't have to talk to you. It's so rude. Is it freaking LinkedIn or Amway? Which one is it? <laughs> I don't know. LinkedIn. I didn't sign up. I was pretending to talk to someone. <laughs> hey, mate. Merrick's excited because he's on LinkedIn. Oh, is he? I'm backed on LinkedIn. Wow. I, I was on it. And I look at the last time I was on LinkedIn was 2010. Right. And you're back onto it. I'm back. And guess what? I keep what? seeing Liam come up at my feet and I go, deny. <laughs> oh, boom. Deny. Sick burn. Deny. Don't need you, mate. That's it. I've been saving it up for on air when I could break your little heart. Oh. Coming up in the show, we're going to do Hurt Locker. <laughs> Mate, there's uh, a bit of a, a, a warning has come out today from New South Wales Ambulance Services and saying people need to be careful when using power tools after a string of nax- nasty accidents. Well, now, wh- why, why do you have to put that out there? I was going to say, <laughs> why don't you just, is it, just listen to this show. All right. That's oh my what God. this show is. That's, that's what a, this show is built on. That's all our listeners. That's it. You know that, they're all, you, you know that there is someone driving along at the moment and they're starting to get a little bit excited because we're going to open up the phones 100%. and they are going to ring up with the three fingers they have left to tell us about the times they <laughs> lost it. everything. No, no, they're not even going to ring up. They've got three fingers and they're not even going to ring up with a story about that. They're going to ring up and tell you about how they lost a nut. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Did you want fingers or nut stories? Because yeah. I've chopped a boat. Off. Probably oh, not even theirs. Probably their best friend. Like they're it? ringing up with three fingers to tell yeah. us about that time Gary yeah. lost both his balls. Yeah. I've lost three <laughs> fingers with a nail gun accident and a nut. Two separate occasions. Which one would you like to hear, Mary? <laughs> for, this, <laughs> for the sake of our show, don't be too careful with power tools. We want you to, yeah, yeah. No, be careful, but no. don't be too careful. We want you to be mostly careful, but get a story. <laughs> That's what you got to do. The, a 32-year-old man just two weeks ago from Adenza Park, he severed his own finger using a chainsaw. Well, you can see that coming. Well, you know, I guess the positive of that is it's his own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think he, I mean, He didn't sever someone else's finger on no, a chainsaw. No, that would be it is worse. the ultimate hunt for a silver lightning. Am I? <laughs> right, I'm doing my best here. 34-year-old Belfield, Belfield man cut his hand open with a circular saw. Oh. And oh. a guy from Mount Pritchard, his fingers come off second best when he uh, came in close contact with a bandsaw. Oh, man. Like, a bandsaw. Just oh. feed that. You know what a bandsaw is? Yeah. It's those ones that yeah. you just... <laughs> now, oh, man, that noise should not be anywhere near digits. <laughs> no. I don't no. want to get political, but no. that's how I feel. We've all hurt ourselves with a power tool. Have you ever hurt yourself with a power tool? Am I? Like, uh, no. Nah, I mean, you're I've, not Captain McCrafty. You know, you're not out how there crossing the grind. Captain stop, look, stop looking at my soft hands that have never done a day's work and uh, <laughs> drawing correct assumptions. Uh, <laughs> if it's <laughs> if it's any consolation, I, I have. Uh, this will make you laugh. When I was in grade five, I don't know if you can see, there's a mild scar on my forehead and I was with my uh, good friend, Ben Donathorn, and we were dismantling a a doghouse that his dad wanted us to dismantle. And I was hitting a bit of wood with a hammer and he hit another bit of wood that made that wood collapse. And then I hit myself in the head with a hammer. Unreal. And and, and as a kid, you know what you do? Uh, 
wash off the blood, put on a Band-Aid, go out and have a great time. Drink. Uh, go and do some drinking. Oh, no, I, was, uh, I hadn't discovered booze just then. It was Adelaide. I discovered pot, though. So anyway, so <laughs> I get home and uh, mum says, oh, what's happened there? And I said, oh, I hit myself in the head with a hammer. And she says, oh, let me have a look. And she touches her and, and blood goes everywhere. Oh, yes. And so she had to take me into hospital and I yes. had four stitches. Claw, so that was a claw hammer. Yeah. So you could have just got a dent. If it was a ball peen hammer, you could have just had a little dent there. And just go, oh, look, you got a little crater. Right. Nice, yeah. nice little crater. Yeah, I stopped a little asteroid with my yeah. face. There you go. Don't have to thank me, planet Earth, but yeah. I uh, stopped the day after tomorrow or whatever. I've been pretty lucky. I've got a little I've got a little scar on my uh, knuckle where an ankle grinder took it right back to the bone. Oh. And like in like in a movie, I could whenever I flexed my finger, right. I could see it. Because I went, oh, hang on a second. I'm 19 years of age. I'm fresh out of high school. I've got no experience with tools. What I should do is I should get an angle grinder with the guard deliberately removed. Of course. And cut a piece of metal pipe. Yep. Between two saw horses, yeah. and be surprised when the pipe collapses on itself, right? And bucks the blade back into my hand. Why were you cutting some metal pipe? Because I was trying to get my face as close to danger. I was trying to make the bong. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> An industrial strength one. Welcome back to Adelaide. <laughs> so we know about this. Here's the thing, right? We don't need to be told by New South Wales Ambulance Services or anyone else. Yeah, the, the power tools are dangerous. Oh, we know that. We know that. Be careful. Here. But we're going to have a very special edition of this today. Ouch. Life is pain. Very ouch. Pinky on my right hand is caught. Dislocated that and broke it in three places. Hit the gear stick with me front teeth. Teeth were still in the gear stick. Everybody hurts. Welcome to Merrickville's Hurt Locker. Today... It's the ones we don't think about that get through. Your one is a great example, mm. Hamo. A hammer. Yep. For a guy called Hamo, makes yep. so much sense. Whacked yourself <laughs> in the head with a claw hammer yep. and then had to go and have stitches. We're talking about non-power tools. Yes. The tools that have hurt you that are not power-driven. So no petrol <laughs> and no no excavator injuries, please. They're horrific. Yeah. Um, and no no electric tools. So we're right. talking about stuff like hammers. I'll accept tape measure. That's oh, yeah. A, that's the one that always gets you every now and again. You just go, you know, you get a piece of tape out. Yeah. Measuring something, you just go, and retract. And then yeah. whack, hits you on the end of the sack. <laughs> and you go, oh, oh, yeah. Why am I measuring things with no clothes on again? Right. <laughs> why, am I always, why am I always measuring things that don't need to be measured? Mate. Nude in my house. It's a fair question. Around. Mate, your wife already knows what's going on. You, you, you can't pull the wool over her eyes by saying it's got a few extra inches. <laughs> Fairly optimistic of me to use a tape measure yeah, for it. <laughs> why, are you pulling, why are you pulling it out four metres when clearly uh, four centimetres is going to cover it? Uh, is it because they don't make a device small enough? That's the answer. I mean, right. let's be honest. One triple three. Five, three. <laughs> Full of calls, miss. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. Finally. Tool injuries of a non-powered nature. We'll take anything. Give us a buzz. <laughs> oh, gay you. Good thing. Merrickville here on Triple M. Justin Hamilton with this afternoon. We're about to take your calls for this. Ouch, baby. Her ring finger's caught on the wire, taken her finger off to the band. Javelin. Bang, straight in the back. Oh. Everybody hurts. Welcome to Merrickville's Hurt Locker. <laughs> Today, Hamo's just explained that he hit himself in the head with a claw hammer. How many stitches again, Hamo? I uh, needed four, but, you know, whatever, right? No big deal. Like, you know, I was in uh, grade five and uh, I was hardcore. 
Well, neither well, once I'd recovered from the concussion that took two months, but uh, <laughs> once I came to, I was great, ready to go. Taking calls on non-power tool tool incidents when yeah. you've hurt yourself with a tool that has absolutely no power. Now, the more piss weak, the better. Yeah. If you got so, I actually said to the boys today, would it be great if somebody rang up with a squeegee? You know, like oh like, yeah, you know, like a, oh, I was washing the windows. And I pulled down the squeegee and it just went completely up my clacker. Oh, yeah. Imagine <laughs> we went, that's, that story would be made up for sure. Uh, uh, another that's that's good... what you say when you get a hospital, mate. Right. Another good non powered tool would be imagine getting headbutted by Tony Abbott. Like, imagine that. <laughs> that would be amazing, right? Imagine that. Uh, Stefan in Mount Annan. G'day, mate. How are you, Mick? Very good, mate. All right. What have you got? When have you hurt yourself with a non powered um, power tool? It wasn't me. I'm an ex registered nurse. I used to work in A&E. Oh, great. Um, in the early hours of one morning, we had uh, two guys come up to the hospital and one of them had stabbed the other one through the sack with a screwdriver. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, what were they trying to do? Tighten the nut? Like, yeah. what happened there? Um, well, the story they said is they'd been drinking and they had to sort of do some home improvements. Yeah. yeah. And one of them was holding a door and the other one was trying to tighten up the screws and it slipped. Look, I don't, I don't know. If it, look, I don't know about their persuasion, but it, you've got to make it very clear whether or not you want Philip's head through your yeah. right. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a really fair call. <laughs> and the, and the, the lucky thing was they didn't actually hit anything. It was just a straight through and through. Straight through and through. Was this uh, was this in um, New Zealand by any chance, Stefan? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which means yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to Sarah in Bankstown. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, really good. Great to have you on the show. How have you seen or been involved with an injury caused by a non-power tool tool? A um, couple of weeks ago, I was working in the garage late one night when I realized I was the second sharpest thing in the shed oh. and put a chisel through my thumb. Eight oh. stitches later. Oh. Oh. A chisel. Uh, how, how did this uh, occur? What what led to this moment? Um, I was just doing some woodworking, and the bit that I was working on broke, and I was a dill and had my hand behind the wood that yep. I was chiseling. Yeah, yeah. There's because there's a certain way. I remember when I was in woodwork classes in school, Sarah, where you know Mr. Speary, very reliable woodwork teacher. That's a terrifying name for a woodwork uh, teacher. <laughs> He's <laughs> actually his name was Glenn Munro, but he used to just call himself Mister Spear because he's always making spears to step. No, it was really. Oh, but he used to say you always had to have your hand in a certain place when using yeah. a wood chisel for that yeah. reason, in case they slip, Sarah. Yeah, well, I mean, the plus side is that I didn't hit the bench, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, the did. bench is great. Yeah. What are you making, Sarah? Um, just a picture frame. You know, decided to try and do something really, mm-hmm. really nice for mm-hmm. the partner and everything else, and yeah. instead ended up uh, having him mop up all the blood at about yeah. 11 o'clock at night. Sarah, mm-hmm. you know you can buy picture frames <laughs> from shops. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't have the same feel when it's not covered uh-huh. in blood. It's a, uh-huh. You've got to show the love. She's just mm-hmm. made a very good point. That is yeah, a very yeah. good point. This one is a very special frame because yeah. it's covered in her own DNA. <laughs> I got you this from Dexter's. All all I want to say is do not commit a murder or anything because you will be framed too easily. (laughs) Boom! Bang! He's back. Robert in Penrith. Hello, mate. How we going, Merrick? Good, mate. You've injured yourself with a tool that was not powered. Exactly. I uh, had a uh, claw hammer. I nearly knocked myself out with a claw hammer. I respect everything uh, about this. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a carpenter by trade, and I was working in a factory making some frames and trusses, or frames. And anyway, 
I've I've lifted the first frame up that I've uh, fabricated to put blocks under it. Yep. So the uh, cranes take it out after we finish the pack. Anyway, I've uh, dug the claw into the uh, corner of the uh, timber, mm. lifted it up, and as I've lifted it, I put the block under it, the hammer's come loose, <laughs> and with all the weight that's on the hammer, it's released and, and just comes fair up and cracked me straight between the eyes. Oh. I took a few steps back because I nearly knocked myself out. <laughs> right. Ended up with this huge egg on my head. <laughs> and I, I was just, and the more all the boys come running over, what's going on, you know? <laughs> Mate, did you get, did you get a nickname from that, Rob? Because I, if you don't, if you didn't get one from the day, I've got one for you. Oh, yeah, okay. What is it? Sharky. Sharky. Shark. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, he's back. Hey, good one, man. Give him the big buck. Is he? Yeah, is he's he? Back. No, he's back. Was he the is. Get end, end of segment. End of segment. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Adam McDougall is the health hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years, but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies, from economics to nutrition and sports science, with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Justin Hamilton. What are you doing? Justin Hamilton. I am wrapped to be here. Miss the train here, so he runs. A driver's license, he has none. Merrickfield, 104.9. Triple M. Funny and accurate. You, you, can't, you can't beat that, can you, Hammer? Hang on. Oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, hang on. I was, uh, I was so excited I stopped talking with, uh, with words and was just expressing myself with oh, air. That'll happen when you've got your own promo made for you. It's the best day of my life. Hey, uh, some good news. I know that it's been a bit gloomy, uh, obviously, with uh, Las Vegas, but yeah. uh, something to cheer up. Climate change could mm. result in Sydney experiencing 50-degree days by the turn of the century. So that's a... That. Oh, hang on! No, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. No, like, I, look, I, look, I, I'm, I'm trying to see some positives in this. I bought a lot of skivvies, and uh, I'm going to work out in the heat, and I'm just going to be mega fit. I'm going to be one of those guys in my sixties where people go, "Mate, I, you look a day over forty-two. That's that's how I'm going to do it, right? I, is, that, the, is that how it works? Is that how you? That's one way, right? It's one way of dealing. The other, you can do what I'm going to do, and the turn of uh, the next century, just not be here, right? Oh, I'm, I, I won't be here, mate. You know what? <laughs> if you I know, do, I'm going to be a really bad prune in a chair, just just <laughs> spittle coming down, yeah. my, my mouth and just piss stains, yeah. On so my pants, so it'll be stains. it'll be you now, twenty years from now, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Look, yeah. basically, you, uh, I just look the same, but slightly grayer, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> You know, uh, you know what we all need to do. We need to start putting some money and buy homes in Hobart because that is going to be that's going to be they're going to get to tops of forty. Right, so, it's going to be great. I mean, that's that's. But here's the, I'm going to get a house on a mountain, so when the uh, poles melt, I'll have yeah. a beachfront. We shouldn't panic, though. This is only a study that's been done by the Australian National University. So keep listening to Tony Abbott. He's oh, I'm yeah. sure he'd, he'd know because he's. Smarter than the Australian. Mate, what do scientists know? Like, what do scientists like? They go on with this stuff. They spend years researching stuff and collating data. Had it up to here with scientists. And then they bloody tell us facts. Yeah, mate. 
you know what I want? I'd love some opinions, please. Yeah. Anyway. You know what? I read the Bible. Guess what it doesn't have in it? Climate change. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys have already referred to a couple of uh, actions you might take in case of an apocalypse. Mm. Yes. So I've prepared uh, an apocalypse quiz. An end oh. of the world quiz for you guys. I want to see how long you'd survive if yeah. the end of the world came. So. <laughs> what do you do, Liam? Do you go through your playlist and do you find songs that you're desperate to play in front of me? Yes. Because who's this? This is Justin Timberlake. Is that and me, is Madonna. It? And Madonna, is it? Yeah. I got one of them right. I didn't say turn it up. <laughs> Man, no, how I, deep is Madonna's I, voice? <laughs> That's not her voice. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, <Hey-oh. laughs> Actually, I've created a This Will Annoy Merrick playlist. All right. All right. So All right. what I'm going to do is uh, the apocalypse has arrived. Merrick and Hamo, we're about to find out if you two can survive. Okay. Okay. Hamo. Name three absolute necessities that you need to stockpile for the end of the world. Uh, so I need uh, t- uh, tins of food. I need uh, some uh, combat gear that allows me to blend into the foliage so people can't see me and attack me. And I need uh, I, I need a blow-up uh, person to keep me company at night. <laughs> You got one. Trade, you know what? You Trade one. the camouflage for lube, Tiger. Water, <laughs> oh, right. canned goods, blanket and uh, pillow, medications, a weapon, a knife, warm yeah. long sleeve clothing, carry back. Yeah, I know, right. but well, who's, who's going to keep me company? Exactly. <laughs> Merrick. Yeah, all right, here we go. Name I'm, f- and I'm, I'm a survivalist. You are a survivalist. Name right. four non-medical items that you should have on hand if you're able to source them, not including the ones we just mentioned. Torch. Knife. Non-medical, you say? Mm. Water? Yeah, that was in the first one. Oh, I can't okay. give you that one. All right. Uh, bandages. No, that's medical. I'll give it to you. No, it's not medical. <laughs> bandages. And <laughs> a sex swing. <laughs> yeah. You got three out of four. Mate, I, what, what is going on with Flashlight, Liam? Like, this is like you, need, you need the blow-up dolls and the sex swing because if you don't have that, you're going to you, go crazy. Uh, I understand. <laughs> You've... Yeah, I don't think you've prepped properly. Liam. I'm, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you guys a hint. You're going to live forever, but you're going to have a shit life. I'm going to give you guys a hint, mate. Sex doll is not the correct answer to any of these questions. Well, <laughs> let's just <laughs> wait and see, you Liam. Know what? You know, I'm calling an end to this segment. Let's go to a song. <laughs> Hamo. Yes. What piece of fruit or vegetable? A is... sex doll. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I got. <laughs> I just thought. Depending on what type you buy, it's both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what piece of fruit or vegetable is most is more valuable than all the others in an apocalypse situation? Mate, it's a banana because you drop banana. the skins on the ground and watch people slip over. <laughs> then you get, then you eat them. You get your melatonin back on track. Lemon or a potato? You can make a battery out of them. Merrick. I'm not going to make a battery out of food. What am I going to do? Up, eat a battery? It's a blow up Merrick. doll, mate. It doesn't need a battery. Mate, Name... I need the battery for the Duracell doll that I'm going to have to keep me company. It goes How did all, we get goes all year. We, we always get here, mate. Merrick. <laughs> it's we, it's the cul de sac we always live in. <laughs> Merrick. Yes. Name three relatively indestructible food items you should have on hand. There's no way you can arrive at sex doll here. Relatively well. indestructible food items you mm. should have on hand. Well, for stars, Richard Wilkins' career. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how nourishing that will no, be. But... I did say it was nourishing. You said no. nearly indestructible. So it's, uh, it's like the beef jerky. Nearly indestructible uh, food items. Yeah, I would say uh, uh, dehydrated packs. So dehydrated packs. Is, I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, beef jerky. How much is mentioned it and dried fruit. Mm. Dried fruit, dried prunes. Right, I'll give it to you. Yeah. 
ramen yeah. noodles, apparently. Maple syrup and honey. If it's 100% pure, it'll last forever. You know, yeah. they also have condensed milk in yes. those tubes. Booze. That's massive. Booze. Booze. Just yep. tons of that. Because I, I would never bunker. I'd turn into a cellar. Right. <laughs> Officer. Like drink myself. Right, Metamucil. Here you go. You want to stay regular this, while you this question. For your doll. This All question right. addresses your loneliness issue. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> You've survived the last ninety days. You're all, <laughs> you're all alone. Are we talking and, about the AFL Grand Final? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then one night you see a fire lit in the distance. Oh yeah. What things should you be taking into consideration? Uh, a that that is the enemy, and I am not going over there because they might want my companion that I'm trying to blow up. Yep. Uh, I'll need some <laughs> night goggle vision so I can go and have a look at them from afar and nothing sus, and I will take some tissues. What? <laughs> Come on, Liam. I put the night vision goggles on the doll. You should be. Yeah. I, I want her to be able to watch me while I'm over there. Donna, oh. you're in charge of security. How's it looking? Good, excellent, we're fine then. What's that? You want to write a book? I wouldn't write a book about that time. I'm I'm setting off the explosion. Oh, no. Where's Merrick's turn? Hang on, hang on. Which one didn't I get right? I'm writing this all down. Liam, we're doing this until 5 p.m. Okay, Don't try and cheat me out of a great quiz. Okay, Merrick, the apocalypse. The apocalypse has hit. Yeah. You have to leave your house. What yes. information should you leave as a message for anyone who comes looking for you? Don't touch my shit on a post-it <laughs> note. No? Okay. Uh, my name, my date of birth, my star sign, where I like to go for walks. Oh, okay. What is this? Oh, where you're going when you left and if you'll be coming back. Oh, right. the classic, let somebody know before you go. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah, How hard is Tinder going to be when the apocalypse hits? <laughs> oh, Last someone 27 kilometres away. But oh. here's the thing, I'm leaving them. I'm going to say to them, look, I'm leaving. I'll be back soon. And they're going to say, right, I got, what's that, Donna? <laughs> Come on, I can't understand you, Donna. You want to write a book? You know what? I'm quite proud that you didn't call the doll Dolly. I thought was, that's quite... You, you oh, at least Liam, stretched mate. for Donna. Mate, hey, that is. last one. Here she's, we nearly, go. she's nearly a person. Both nearly. According to finder.com.au, yep. where is the best place to live in Sydney in order to survive the end of the world? Oh, great. Mate, without a doubt, Surrey Hills. Heaps of cafes. You can go down. You can get to the movies. Oh. What? In Sydney. In Sydney. Gotta be so I'm going to try and answer this one for real. Okay. okay. I feel like you're showing off now. I am trying to. <laughs> Blue Mountains? Yeah, it makes the most sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I'd say foot of the mountain. Because then you can go full. Springbrook. You can go full first blood. Oh, for... F- Barara Creek. Oh. oh. Situated about 40 k's from the Sydney CBD. Uh, it offers seclusion. Yeah. Um, there's, there's minimal people. Yeah. So uh, the potential for a disease outbreak is incredibly low. Yeah. Plenty of hiding spots. Yeah. Mm. And uh, mm. nearby Pelican Island could serve as a convenient fallback position in a worst-case scenario. Yeah, mm. but you know what the problem is? This show rates really well, and now you've told everyone, Liam. Exactly. They're all going to be going. No, no one's going to be going there, because seriously, you'd rather see the apocalypse than live there. Herrera. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Uh, interesting story here, Hamo. <laughs> Not the music. A uh, a woman whose dog uh, was at the beach. It was a basset hound called, oh, yeah. called Molly. Uh, was running along the beach. You know, dogs pick up things at the beach like a stick. Oh yeah, or, like or a penis. Yeah. Excuse um, me. What? Pick up a a what? A pain. A pain. Mm-hmm. Right. Lot on the beach. Yeah. Like uh, a sandy one. Julie was just uh, walking along the beach in the UK, and yeah. uh, her dog Molly 
yep. original name. I like it. Um, was looking for a branch and picked up a peen and intact testicles as well. So oh, what? Two for the price of one. I hope the dog wasn't anaphylactic, but <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> picking up nuts like that in its exactly. mouth. Like I mean, a, yeah, it would have had an allergy. Wow. Allergy. Uh, yeah. had, now, has anyone? Yes. I feel like it's one of our listeners in a power tool. Yeah, I was about to say, exactly. is that <laughs> Ryobi tools anywhere nearby? I've got to ask you a question. Is that somebody who's just discarded that? Because that's technically right. littering if they've just decided, you know what, I yeah. don't want my pain and um, yeah. plums anymore. I'm just going to chuck them in the ocean. And then they've inconveniently floated back and they've gone, ugh. Maybe it was a, uh, a competition to see who had had sex with the biggest thing, and someone said, "I can have sex with the English Channel," and lost his wow penis. It's huge, nuts. like lost, you know, lost it in the channel. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird thing to find at the beach, don't you reckon? In, <laughs> intact peen and plums. I would go as far to say that it's a weird thing to find. <laughs> Don't you reckon? It's like, I don't yeah. know. Like, imagine being at the cinema and you lean down to pick up your popcorn and then yeah. suddenly you miss the popcorn. And, and you go, wow. Wow. I okay. don't remember ordering this. And why is it not covered in chocolate? Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, that makes it edible, right? Chocolate makes everything edible, officer. Not that. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't um, eat meat. <laughs> now, so apparently, so far, police are unclear uh, whether the body part is human or if it belonged to another anim animal. Here's a tip here, guys. Uh, other animals don't circumcise themselves. Right. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. I might have met a Jewish echidna. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. who's to say it wasn't circumcised? Yeah, I don't know if they have the roll, Nick. Um, okay. I'm just, <laughs> this is an interesting story. It's like, a really this, interesting this is, story. Is also, it, also is... too, I don't know whether or not Julie can be trusted. She right. says that Molly, oh, yeah, we, we, I just went for a, a Walk along this oh, beach, yeah. and all of a sudden, Molly just came back with some dude's peen and plums. Yeah, I reckon. Oh, did she? J Jules? There's a possibility that Jules took someone out, thought, oh, now I'll really lay the hammer down. Oh, yeah. I've got to cover this up. Hey, Molly, what are you doing later? Turns out Molly's not doing much because guess what? Yeah. She's a dog. Yeah. Well, Joined what, in. What about this? Here's a theory for you. Okay. Oh, Julie's. Julie had a lover called Graham. Oh, yeah. Graham upset her somehow. <laughs> yeah. Julie killed Graham with a shovel. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Wait. Julie has dragged his body down to the beach. Yeah. And then thought, I can't bury it. I'm exhausted. Molly, right. eat Graham. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> Molly, being a basset hound, yeah. just loves eating anything. Yeah. She covered has him it, in chocolate wait, first. Wait, right. covered in Cotty's topping. Right. right. Delicious. Covered him. She's not stupid, Julie. She's no. done this before. Yeah. When she was going out with Daryl. Look, now, <laughs> we all remember Daryl. Daryl, well, we don't. He's dead now. Right. She covers uh, Graham in yep. uh, cottage topping. Right. Molly, the dog, loses its mind, eats everything. But yep. just before she finishes the job, yep. there's one part left. Molly hasn't finished. Yeah. The police come along. Molly, what's that with the peanut plums? There? Yeah. It turns out it's the bit not covered in chocolate. <laughs> That's why you got to make sure you have enough cotty. <laughs> I don't know how we got here, but we have Ice to go. Magic. Why do we have we've to got go? Phil Jamison waiting. He's going to be on the show next. He doesn't want to talk about this penis in the dog's mouth. Well, look, he might, but wait. <laughs> so this is all I can say is I promise you, this story is not dead yet. We will be bringing this back. Wait, figuring. It's a story out. about a half mongrel with a half mongrel. <laughs> <laughs> here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit. Where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. The following is an official announcement from the Australian Government. Over the past few years, thought crime has reached record levels. Subversion is rife. 
Our enemies are everywhere. Trust no one. Luckily, there is an answer. Peter Dutton. No, not Peter Dutton. Thank God. Introducing a new series on Podcast One that interrogates the real threats to Australia, like John Safran, Rob Sitch, and children's author Andy Griffiths. Oh, God, I love those treehouse books. Who will survive? Who will fail? Introducing Extreme Vetting with The Chaser. The Chaser. The only show with the power of life and death over its guests. Listen at podcast1.com.au or via the Podcast One app. Well, 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 Sydney, some people just don't learn and they come back even though they know in their heart of hearts <laughs> it's a dangerous proposition. Phil Jamison from Grinspoon, welcome back. Hello, Merrick. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> I think you've actually, have you just come from Today FM and just walked in here? No. No. It's good to see you, though. Great to have you here, Phil. Yeah, it's really nice to be here. Mate, so you're, um, you're here because you're uh, doing American Idiot, the musical. Yes. Um, it's just kicked off. We've got a little, have we got a bit of audio from the musical? Can we play that? Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, wow. It just sounds exactly like a... So it's basically just a, my montage of their songs. Is this you singing, Phil? No, this is not me singing. Who's um, this? This is the Johnny, Tunny. Oh, this is the whole cast, actually. Johnny, Tunny and Will, the, the whole cast. Right. But there's about 15 cast members. Mate, it's a rock opera. It is. Well, originally... Do you know what works really well is when you speak over the top of audio that we're playing? It's it's a gr- well done miss. Well, I had to figure out who it was first. I didn't preview the audio. Phil, sorry about Liam's That's unprofessionalism. Okay. Mate. I quite like Liam. He's, yes. he's a very likable character. Mm. No. <laughs> uh, how does a rock opera work, Phil? Okay, so back in 2004, when Billy Joe wrote American Idiot, the album, it was always designed as a rock opera. It was his kind of Tommy, you know, like that was his, you know, the who did the mm. um, Tommy. Mm. Um, and like, if you listen to American Idiot, there's songs that are nine minutes long with various characters, various locations, Jingle Town, Jesus of Suburbia, What's the Name, all appear in American Idiot. Around 09 or 08, this guy, Mike... Uh, Mayers decided he was going to write a narrative um, along along with the music of American Idiot, including also some songs from 21st Century Breakdown. And they, Billy Joe and him worked together and created this uh, a kind of a coming-of-age story about three young teens that leave shithole U, um, USA to, to yeah. go to the city, and there they meet me. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I'm a character that is in the city and is a city dweller and um, encourages these young Young guys Just to, to get on it. Yeah. Well, that's one word for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah a bit of love and um, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. So that's my kind you of You lead them astray, don't you, Phil? Yeah. So is there any acting involved for you with this or is it just... Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I play a character. It would be weird if I was playing myself. So, yeah, I play a character called St. Jimmy. So, yeah, yeah there is definitely um, definitely a bit of acting happening. So how much... Do you have any contact with the guys for when you're making this, you know, because obviously Grin, Grin, oh, Grinsburn, Jesus Christ, which Green Day, <laughs> yes. has, uh, they've been involved in the production of it, but do you have like contact with them? Sure. So what happens is, uh, well, they they seem to be really into the Australian production. This is the 40th production that's happened around the world. It's happened in Canada and Italy and all these other places, the American Idiot. Any in Africa? I'm not sure about Africa. We'd well, we love can, to we, see an African we, production. We can this. fact check that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, they've, um, they've been really positive on social media. They've actually re- Reshared our our trailer for the Australian produ- Australian tour that's happening on January the 11th at the Opera House. So yeah, yeah. Okay, well I've got the dates here. It says uh, on my sheet it's a perfect gift for Christmas. Is it really? Apparently. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, Green Day's American Idiot, the musical with Phil Jamison, January 10 to 14th at the Sydney Opera January House. January 10, sorry, yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, tickets on sale Monday, this Monday, uh, mm. or is that last Monday? This Monday, this Monday October coming. the 9th? Yep, yeah. uh, at sydneyoperahouse.com. Phil, what's it like being you know in a rock band and then you, you're acting alongside what is you know a theatrical version of a rock band? Yeah, this is, well, this is a theatrical version of a, a music, it's a musical, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. although the music is written by a rock band, um, I guess watching it, you don't immediately always think of Green Day when you're there. You're yep. just involved in the songs and the characters that are on stage. But there's a big difference in the fact that in Grinspoon, we just finished on Monday, I'm surrounded by Pat, Joe and Chris. Yep. And that's it. And yeah, in yeah. this production, I'm surrounded by 20 cast members and band and then lighting people. And there's a bunch of triple threats. All the cast are incredibly talented, great singers, great actors, great dancers. Wow. I'm I may be I... good at one of those. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bez. Um, so, yeah. So... I'm not going to ask which one because it puts you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's that was one of the things that is very different. And also, I think rock and roll is a little bit about fluidity and uh, improvisation, whereas musicals are, you know, here you hit your mark. You know, the other big musical, of course, is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. If you were going to play any character in that musical, which well, character would well, which, you play? Which character would you play? <laughs> I'd play Brad. Well, that's the one I wanted to play. Which means you have to be Frankenfurter, man. I'd be Frankenfurter. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. Does he, he, he gets a bit of action, doesn't he? I can't remember it. I can't remember it either, but I, I know that, that well, I'm Craig, not playing Meatloaf because he dies. Craig McLaughlin played Frankenfurter, and I believe Russell Crowe also played Frankenfurter. Oh, that would, no, he played Frankenstein. He's terrifying. <laughs> is what he is. I think Rocky he picked him up. Uh, Phil Jamison with me this afternoon. Stick around, Jamo. We'll talk more. But if you want to go and see Green Day's American Idiot, the musical with Phil Jamison, January 10 to 14 at Sydney Opera House, yeah. sydneyoperahouse.com. Joined this afternoon by my good friend from Grinspoon, Phil Jamison, who's part of Green Day's American Idiot Musical. It's on at Sydney Opera House, January 10 to 14. Go to their website to get your tickets for early next year. Uh, Phil. Yes. Um, two types of music, uh, Grinners and Green Day. So we've got a very special edition of a game that we've played here before. <laughs> it's no, we've got a special edition opener it's, too, Mads. Yeah, let's do it. Merrickville's. Oh, That's not fair. Cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> you is it me? or not you? Yeah. Green Spoon. Do you want to be a champion? Versus Green Day. Do you want to be? With Phil Jamison. This right. is an unfair game. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is an unfair game. Yeah. 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 It's particularly unfair today because it's only down to two bands, the Grinners or Green Day. <laughs> So if anybody's just tuning in, you don't know, you're not familiar with this game, we get Australian musicians to listen to very, very small grabs of, of songs and it's either their song they've got to identify as one of their own or is it somebody else's. Today, very specifically, <laughs> Grinners or Green Day. 50-50, I like it. Yeah, oh God, but, I, I, I reckon he has to name the song as well, Miss. 100%. You okay. can't. You've you got to identify the song. Okay, no all right. You ready? Yeah, okay. I can't wait. Look right. how excited I am. Yeah, you've, you're thrilled, aren't you? Yeah, okay. okay. Far away, first one. Who's that? Uh, that's that's the Foo Fighters. That's Batman. You've just done that. Oh, that is Grinspoon with Lost Control. Phil, good start. Jesus of Suburbia. That's a good song. Jesus song. Yeah. Okay. Good. I mean, you also like Batman when you were singing it there as well. So I mean, okay. Song two. Here we go. None from none. Is that? That is Green Spoon or Green Day. That is Green Day. Know your enemy. Half a point. 
Green Day. Holiday. Holiday. Half a point. That's in the musical, that song. Yes. Yep. We well, should we know it then. It. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> All right, okay. song number three. Here we go. Okay. Uh, that's Chemical Heart, Grinspoon. No. <laughs> I'm just going <kidding. laughs> to... Oh, I really like that one, too. <laughs> I really like that one. It's a great song. I like that one. It's one of your best songs, I know, but you, you gave me a snippet of just like the, the little bit of silence in between yeah. the third verse and the chorus. I just love how convicted you were that, nah, I oh, know that Chemical Heart, No. Does that, does that mean that some of your songs sound the same? <laughs> Bill? Is that what you're saying? You, you could you could infer that, Merrick. Okay. Yes, yes. It's it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one, number four. Krakung, Krakung, That's Green Day. Um, Ooh, but okay. I don't know the track. Come on, Phil. Uh, it is Green Day. Could... Last night on Earth. Oh, Phil. <laughs> no, it's just ace by your band, Grinspoon. Yeah, you oh, did the wow. drum fill right at the yeah. end of Chris O's drum fill. I don't. Wow. That's two half points oh. makes it one full point out of four. Out of four. Let's see if he can get past no, no, one no. point. He's, he's on one and a half in total. Is yeah. he? Yeah, because no. he got he did get Grinspoon right for number three. He just got the song wrong. So he's on one and a half in total. No, he got a half a point, then another half a point. Oh, gosh. Can you guys not argue? Right. <laughs> it's like well, This is the opportunity to pass. Okay. The last one. Okay, last one. Number four. Is it Greenspoon or Green Day? <laughs> uh, Green Day. Oh. Yes. Well, after you hear the song title, you've guessed it. That is amazing. Yes. Phil Jamison. Wow, you do know your music. I do, thank you. Tim Rogers, you've been put on notice. <laughs> Jamo, always good to catch up with you, mate. You are performing Green Day's American Idiot, the musical, with Phil Jamison, uh, which, of course, is you. Uh, January 10 to 14 at the Sydney Opera House. Tickets on sale Monday. Sydneyoperahouse.com. Go and get your tickets now and be a part of it. Great to see you, Phil. Thank you, guys. Get back to rehearsals, mate, and learn those songs. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a very interesting construction in Blacktown. Obviously, we are just talking a moment ago in the news about the deconstruction of certain parts of Blacktown into different suburbs. But in, in, in uh, Blacktown proper, there has been a giant pyramid has been built out of, wait for it, Old bread crates. So, mm. you know, when you see a, a bread crate at the supermarket, it's got all the loaves of bread on it. Those built a bloody pyramid out of it. Mm. Eight metres tall pyramid made entirely from plastic crates. Uh, and it's part of a, a science-based arts work, uh, artwork, sorry, on display um, in Bungarabi uh, Bungarabi <laughs> Park. Yeah, you'll wish that wasn't the first time you read it. Bungarabi Park. I just wanted to get it correct. Bungarabi Park, mm. not being there. Um, personally, but anyway, um, that's okay. I've been to every park in Sydney. I can't be expected to. And <laughs> on Garaby Park, it's You're a right. tricky park. It's one of my favourite. Anyway, and it's uh, it's there if you want to go and see. It's seventeen hundred bread crates. Uh, I mean, mm. I, I've, I had a look at the construction. I've got to say, it's it's tip top. Uh. Mm, it's very tall. In fact, I'd say it's high fibre. Um, <laughs> I can't tell though if it's multi-story or multi-grain, but I'll, I'll get I'll get a handle on that. You got to wonder what how they put it together. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, a lot of spread there too. You got to we got to point that out. And yeah. I, think, I think 
if you get 12 of these, I think you get a 13th one for free. As part Do you know of some why, sort of Do you know why it's not in the yeast, Bez? Why? Because the bread used wasn't gluten-free. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't yeah. in the yeast. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Hit one back right at you. Okay. Okay, I've run out. Um, Would cost a fair bit of dough, though. Oh, bang! Now I'm out. I'm out, too. I've got no more. That was excellent. <laughs> yeah, okay. You're trying to think of what more I'm trying <laughs> so hard. Apparently working on it was a delight. Baker's Delight. Oh, <laughs> yes. You should have just one said more. a Baker's Delight. I had one more in the tank. <laughs> okay. and, um, anyway, we're talking about this no, massive pyramid no. in Blacktown. You keep Flower. thinking of one. No, no, I'm done. I'm Why don't the done. kids of Blacktown just have a playground? Like, Why don't the kids that... of Blacktown just push this over? It's made of brick crates. Fennigan, why is it still erected? What's going on with the youth of today? If this had been around my neighbourhood as a kid, in a park, we would have kicked that down in 10 minutes. <laughs> It's a pyramid made out of bread crates. I would have kicked oh, that to death. it'd be so tempting just to pull out the bottom bread crate. Just pull one of them out. It's like Jenga. Is, bread yeah. Jenga. You pull that out, it topples down, you oh. run away, you do a runner, the cops chase you. It's good times. I love the optimism good. as well, though. No need to go to Egypt. Let's just check out the pyramid in Blacktown. Here. What do you want to go to Egypt for, Glenn? There's one right here. At <laughs> Bungarabi Park. Yeah. Is Glenn, it's right there. You crazy. But here's the thing, right? If... If that is a representation for Blacktown, they've got their bread pyramid. Mm. Fantastic. Congratulations. That's great. What's the thing, Sydney? I'm going to ask you, one triple three five three. what giant thing would best represent your hometown? Ooh. So, for example, if you live in, say, Waitara right, or uh, Asquith, Mm. Right, just north of Hornsby. Here we go. I'm going to tee off and ask with again. Yes, all the favourites are going to roll out. Yeah. If you were going to build some giant thing for Asquith, it would be the giant Mylanta bottle <laughs> because it's full of old people with heartburn. Is what I'm saying. It would be, or perhaps Hornsby would be the giant Croc sandal. Yeah, yeah. What about this one, Mossman? It'd be the giant... Vi- no, actually, oh, no, 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 no. It'd be no. the giant hormone replacement therapy packet. <laughs> Doubles ba- Double Bay would be a giant rolled up $50 note. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. I live in Ramwick. Um, so I think if we had one, it would be a giant roadwork. Oh, wait, we've got one. You've got one, you idiot. Stuffing up everything. Well, it'd be, seriously, it'd be a giant horse. You'd imagine yeah, it'd, it'd be, would be a up, an enormous giant farlap. Mm. Um, I live in Lilyfield, so it would be... Um, giant Merrick Watts. It'd be, I think it'd be... That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I'm pretty okay with that. We don't even have a post office, so why not have a giant Merrick Watts? One triple three five three Sydney, be inventive. Where do you live? What's the giant thing that you should you think should be built in your area? I mean, obviously, if you're in Cronulla, you want a giant Southern Cross. Unfortunately, there's already one in the sky. <laughs> one triple three five three is a number here. We're talking about the giant bread crate pyramid that has been built at Blacktown. It's uh, about eight meters tall. It's made out of bread crates, which sounds delicious. Yeah, um, it must smell good too. It's an it's an art installation. Yeah. Uh, but it's got a lot of benefits to it. And we've copped a bit of criticism because we we asked a few questions as to what the need was. Mm. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> oh, that's good. And some people saying we Whether shouldn't... or not it would rise overnight. <laughs> uh, yes, very good. Whether or not the construction was tip top. You are a... on a roll. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, anyway. 
Sandwich or toast? What? It's got nothing to do with it. I was just trying to run out of puns. Um, asking on one triple three five three though, if your suburb had a giant thing, what would that be? I made a joke about Cronulla a moment ago being the Southern Cross, but of course we've mm. already got one in there. Mm. Uh, here's one for Bondi. Oh, if you had to have a giant thing for Bondi yep. to represent Bondi, it would be a giant tiny bag. So it's a tiny, imagine a really, 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 really tiny little bag, just yeah. like a little, I don't know, like a, a tiny little clip seal bag, uh -huh. like a small uh -huh. clip seal bag, but yeah. a bit bigger than your thumb. Yeah. Oh, hold on, I'm, I don't know, I wouldn't even know weights, but maybe like a gram or two or something, like, I don't know what it would hold, but a massive one of those. That's Bondi. Uh, what would your suburb have got Abdul in Port Kembla? Hello, Abdul. Hey, boys, how are you? Very good, good mate. Abdul. All right. Yeah. So Port Kembla? Port Kembla, boys, I don't know why it hasn't been thought of before. Port Kembla would need a giant stack. A giant stack? A giant stack. A giant stack of what? Oh, boys, you don't get it. Like so, a, a giant stack. A stack is a huge chimney yeah. designed to take all that burnt sulfur and copper and stuff and pump it into the air. Yeah. So, so if you know anything about Port Kembla, the giant still works. A giant stack. Yeah, but that's actually useful, you Abdul. Got one exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you missed the point. You've come up with a really logical conclusion. And what's great is you've stayed on there for at least one song, waiting to tell us something that no, absolutely it needs. But boys, boys, you guys have missed it. Port Kimla had a stack for years and years, about 100 years. Yeah. 100 years that they had it, and they had to implode it. Like, it was huge. Oh, so they That's got, the they, thing. They got so rid of it. the memorial, you need to put one back ah, yes! Now I'm with you, Abdul. <laughs> yes. And you're now absolutely you're correct there. Yeah, thanks, mate. I need a little bit of time. I'm not that sharp. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> very. That was very good. Okay. Uh, Peter in Belmore. Hello, Pete. Hey, mate. Um, I'm thinking maybe a giant kebab for Belmont. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, some oh, I was going to say the doggies, but I'd rather be represented by a kebab. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a bit sad, mate. You're saying that in Belmore. Somebody's going to set fire to your car later on tonight. You're going to ask yourself why. And then you know the answer's going to be, it was random. Uh, Corey in Rudy Hill. <laughs> in Rudy Hill, Corey. We need a bigger hill. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, fair call. Fair call. Rudy Hill's not exactly a massive uh, monolith, is it? No, the hill's only about 80 metres high. And, yeah. Yeah, bigger. I've got to be honest, Corey. Uh, when <laughs> I saw it, it was from Rudy Hill, I did think you were going to play on the first part of that uh, suburb's name. Mm. Well, that's why we need the bigger hill, so there's more more mm. area to do that first part of the Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha, because if you're going to have a giant Rudy, I mean, how are you going to get... <laughs> Paris Hilton to just get to where's the suburbs okay, of Sydney. Yep. Okay, thank you. Let's, let's move on. Let's keep it clean. Adrian on the Hawkesbury. Hello, mate. Hey, boys. How are you? Very good, good mate. Adrian. What giant thing would represent the Hawkesbury? I reckon a thong that you wear on your feet because all the locals here, hot or cold, would wear thongs. And back to your second last caller, um, <laughs> yeah, an arid nappy for Belmore would be pretty good. Oh, <laughs> Hey, Adrian. Like <laughs> Adrian, question, Great mate. Great state of the line, Adrian. It was worth yeah. the wait. Question, mate. Wouldn't you want giant thongs? Yeah, thongs, plural or singular. But, yeah, locals here, mate, we wear thongs, hot or cold. Doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. No, it just sounds like you're getting around with one thong. thong. Uh, by a pair. Yeah, no, 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 with that's a friend. what your producer asked me as well. I didn't mean thongs you wear on your butt. I mean on your feet. Okay. <laughs> no, love, we got that, I Adrian. love that the fact that, Adrian, one of my producers has to... Qualify that question with you. Just go, 
uh, Adrian, do you mean in your ass or on your feet? No, I mean on my feet. Okay, thanks. We just got to check for Triple M purposes. Darren, hello, mate. G'day, man. How are you, mate? Very good indeed. Um, All right, Giant. What? Been living in Merrickville for quite a while. I think what would suit, like, on top of Merrickville headquarters, yep. on top of Clover Moors and also Parliament House, but a massive marital aid. <laughs> <laughs> There's enough dildos in Merrickville as it is. That was the Merrickville Catch-Up Podcast. Make sure you never miss a thing. Download the Merrickville Catch-Up from the Triple M app.